here in Madison, Wisconsin, it's still very much summer. But for some investors, winter has set in. Crypto winter, that is. In this episode, Clint Walkner, or Crypto Clint, as we call him here at Walkner Condon, and Nate Condon discuss the sharp downturn in the cryptocurrency markets. Cryptos like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin are all down more than 40% in the last year. And Clint knows firsthand about crypto companies like Voyager going bankrupt. Clint and Nate discuss exactly what kind of asset crypto is, the limited supply of Bitcoin, whether you're better off in a stock or index fund when everything is down big, and more. It's time for some truth. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. Uh, we have uh, myself and Clint Walkner in the booth, along with Dan on a hot mic. Um, Clint's, uh, if for those listening and not viewing, um, Clint either forgot that it is August and not January, or we have a theme today. Do you want to speak to the theme? Yeah, I mean... Oh, so for those listening, he's wearing a winter jacket, ski goggles, and a... Uh, you call it a stocking hat? Is that what you call it? I would call it a stocking hat. Toque. A what? You guys ever heard of the word toque? No. It took until like my first year out of college. It's like a hockey thing. I think it's the Canadian. Oh, really? Word for uh, what he's wearing. Oh, interesting. I was like, what is a toque? Yeah, right? Okay. That's toque. All right. So, Clint, why are you wearing a ski jacket, goggles, and toque? Uh, It's crypto winter. So, we have uh, a unique situation right now that the uh, cryptocurrency markets this year have just gotten brutalized. And so I think we wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the whys of that and also you know, what sort of impact this may have in for investors in the future. And so right now they've called it crypto winter. And, and there have been a bunch of pullbacks on, on cryptocurrency, but all of them have kind of been head fakes. Uh, because obviously very volatile asset class right. overall. But I mean, right now, this has been kind of a sustained downturn uh, that really started, um, you know, beginning of this year and continuing on year to date. I mean, most cryptocurrencies are down, you know, greater than 50% on the year, um, you know, notwithstanding a, a rally today once we saw inflation numbers print. But, um, oh boy, it's been it's been crypto winter. Are you, are you going to roll with the uh, the getup for the whole podcast? Absolutely. Dan has helped me out here. He's brought the uh, the temperature down in this room, and it's very comfortable, actually. So you're going to have to deal with this. This is good. The whole time. So what's good about this is that there's going to be very valuable, um, very uh, high-level conversation coming out of the mouth of somebody wearing ski goggles. So it's, it's a kid, the, the juxtaposition in, in my head is it's pretty, it's pretty funny. I and might I like wear this. the same outfit to I the like next time I, I play poker because I, <laughs> I think it's could be highly effective. This is, is going to be Joaquin the, the, Phoenix on like the Letterman show who was wearing like sunglasses uh, or something. Yeah. What I'm getting here from. Yeah. Clint. Yeah. Yeah. That was an epic performance. Um, um, I'm going to derail the podcast slightly oh, only God. to say that driving home the other day, I had, I, I can't drive by like kids selling something in their front yard without stopping. And so I stopped because I can't not. So how much did you pay for that glass? It was lemonade probably, nope. right? No. Limeade? Nope. Sweet corn. Mm. Okay. From yeah. Kids? Right. Well, where you live now, that makes more sense. Yeah. You have a lot of farmers around you. Yeah. 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 Was so it good sweet corn? First it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. And, and $5 for a dozen. Well, that's... I mean, right? I just feel like that's not kids making, like, college money. That's kids, like, <laughs> actually selling goods to you. Right. You know, that's... Yeah. 
I don't know. That, that kind of loses its its. Oh, they don't. It loses the cachet. I think it does. Oh, interesting. You're supposed to overpay for some lemonade. Instead, <laughs> you got like a good value on delicious tasting sweet corn. Yeah. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thanks, kids. Right. Yeah. The economics equation of that worked out. I paid a fair price. They provided a good product. Like that. That works out well. The parents got to use child labor. Exactly. They didn't have to sell it to you. <laughs> What a no great taxation. Deal. I mean, you, everyone whoa, wins. Whoa, the whoa, kids. whoa, 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 Danny. I'm sure they reported that. <laughs> let's, let's not assume. Uh, all right, back to it. By the, so, way, by the way, they're hiring a whole bunch of IRS agents. They're, that is true. They're that in is, trouble next time. Yep. That is very true. Um, so ultimately with crypto, I think the, the biggest question that the, the kind of lay person tends to ask when it comes to the crypto world, it, it, let's just focus on Bitcoin just because I think that's the most relatable for most people what is the fair price for Bitcoin, right? I mean, like what, what, what is the range of which you would say that's kind of a normal range? And I think that's the hardest part right now to figure out because to your point earlier, it was, you know, 10,000 and then it was above 50,000 and now it's, you know, 20 to 25,000 and mm -hmm. then it's, and then it's, and then it's right. So where, where, what is the, what is the range where it should trade? I think that's what most people are struggling with. I think people are, are struggling to identify what sort of asset class it really is right. um, because you know, there have been some people saying, well, it's the new gold. And you're like, okay, well, what does that actually mean? It means that it's, it could be a, a fear asset. And sure. well, it's certainly during this sort of fear cycle that has not acted at all like a fear asset. In fact, it acts more like the NASDAQ than anything else uh, right now, you know, as risk assets have sold off, um, you know, cryptocurrencies have sold off with it. And the rallies kind of go around the same thing. When tech rallies, it seems like Bitcoin rallies or other cryptos rally as well. And it's not, you know, it's it's become very correlated. So then you say, okay, well, is it more like a small cap, something like that? And I, I think it's acting like that right now. Um, there are periods of time where it, it did not act like that. But right now, I, I think that people are struggling and where this, where this actually goes in the portfolio um, and to what allocation you use in this. So, and, and then I think it, this whole downdraft of all of it, of all of it, which, you know, it, look, it's long overdue for a correction with where it was, but this is like a pretty severe bear market. And I think it leads people to say, does cryptocurrency actually belong in portfolios what is the allocation? And then furthermore, what is cryptocurrency going to be used for? Is it a currency or is it an asset? What is it? Because it's so volatile that I think we've kind of gotten over the whole thing of using Bitcoin to buy um, everyday goods. I mean, right. I, I do think that there might be a time and a place where you'd use cryptocurrency to buy a car or something like a major purchase. But, you know, I, I don't know if there, it makes a lot of sense uh, to be transacting with Bitcoin on a regular basis. And that's why Bitcoin cash was kind of birthed out of this. But even that, it's not being used. You know, Bitcoin cash is not ubiquitous. It's not being used where I can go over to Gates and Provia across the street and use it. Uh, so I think the adoption of it has really been kind of slowed down by this sort of downdraft in that. And, and any uh, <laughs> professional sports athletes that have taken their uh, uh, income in cryptocurrency hasn't really worked out very well for them. So Right. So you, you touched on a couple of points, right? So, you know, is it, is it gold, right? So let's talk a little bit about that just so people have a better understanding. Typically gold is seen as kind of a fear asset and a, um, a thing that has very little use other than what 
somebody decides it's worth on a given day, right? So it's it's very much just kind of a uh, uh, a place to to park money, uh, and then the assumption that the economic um, you know characteristics of the day will move that the value of that thing up because it doesn't really have a a use in an economy such that oh the supply is is higher therefore the supply is down therefore it doesn't work like that right and so how for the people that see it like gold how do you view bitcoin as a kind of a safe haven commodity i mean how how does that play out in your head well i don't think it's a safe haven at all because of the volatility but i do believe that it has some properties that are very similar to that because gold is way more volatile than people really realize that's true significantly more volatile than most market indexes uh that's that's true um so gold has a high standard deviation crypto has a high standard deviation it is a place to park money um in something that has a finite supply so i mean a lot of people don't know this but you know bitcoin essentially has a, a finite supply there is mining that goes on of bitcoin there's only so much bitcoin that can be mined it is harder and harder to mine Bitcoin because only so many are, are created. And what'll likely happen actually, and this might be a bit of an issue, is that the supply will end up being constrained by people losing their Bitcoin and, you know, frying it on their hard drive or something like that. When people are, are keeping these, there have been multiple stories about millions of dollars of Bitcoin being thrown out or being unable to be accessed um, due to certain things that happen with these wallets that they have. So, I mean, there's some problems out there with it, and that will constrain the supply. So we have a supply constraint. You can't just go out and go out to the Arboretum here and dig up a bunch of gold. You can't just go and make a bunch more uh, Bitcoin unless uh, it fundamentally gets changed. So, you know, I think those two things uh, make Bitcoin seem similar to that of gold. You know, it's a constrained supply. Um, it is a store of value. It happens to be the digital version of that. Uh, now, those are the similarities. I think there are far less things in common between the two when we look at, you know, the volatility of it, what it's for, what the asset class. I mean, it's just it's just all over there. And the correlation uh, really ties very tightly to risk assets such as small cap stocks and mid cap stocks with Bitcoin, where you do not have that same correlation with gold. Which is why we see a, a, a similar pattern, if you will, uh, with the Bitcoin to NASDAQ in in some periods of time, right? Not in all, but in some Correct. periods of time, you see a fair amount of kind of overlap between the performance of those two, um, those two investments. Correct. Correct. And I think the, you know, the biggest takeaway this year, um, there's two main things that happened during the crypto um, winter of 2022. Um, number one has been, there have been um, some stable coins out there that, you know, we're, we're basically created because they wanted the value of these stable coins to to be that of kind of like the US dollar. They wanted to be like worth a dollar. And some of them were tied to dollars and some of them were not. Um, the one, you know, that was not tied to dollars, it, it got broken basically. And the dollar kind of peg that it had broke because it was more of a proof, proof of concept sort of stable coin. It was based on the the users and based on basically the the collective um you know having faith in this sort of dollar-like currency and that one failed and it just 
blew up, totally blew up. And so it did not have a stable value at all. Now, one of the coins out here, and I'm just using this for example, I'm not saying you should invest in it. Um, USD coin actually, supposedly, I, you know, they have, they have actually auditors and things like that, um, basically say that there are dollars that are backing this, this currency. And so people were using that as a stable coin as well, this USD coin. Um, and that has not fallen apart. Um, but some of the other ones have. So, you know, these, these stable coins are really saying, okay, let's be able to send money again. We want to send money back and forth in many cases across borders or to different people trying to um, not utilize the regular banking system um, to work around fees and things like that and an ease of sending these things. And that's why they're developed. Um, and then potentially to be able to be used for purchases. But um, we can only use them if the value is truly going to be maintained. And, and that just fell apart. And that was a huge sort of shot across the bow of saying, oh, this is, this is a problem. They might not, you know, my dollar coin might not be a dollar anymore. And a lot of people flooded into this because they were paying rates of 7 8% APY basically. And they were going, okay, well, instead of having my money in a bank account, let me earn, you know, four times or five times, or sometimes cases eight times the amount. Why would I not just put it in there? And some people got a rude awakening when they woke up one day and then their currency, you know, this sort of store of value was worth a fraction of what it was worth. Yeah. So let, let me just, um, touch on a few things just so that we we kind of make some things clear i think to people that that don't have a good grasp on what we're uh talking about just within the bitcoin um you know, isolate that in and of itself the reason why there's a finite amount is because or first of all let's just start there there's a finite amount which means that uh you know if the, if the u.s government decides that it wants to print more hundred dollar bills it just prints more hundred dollar bills right so the right. Go u.s government has the ability to control how many you know hundred dollar bills kind of flow within the system they can create more they can take some away because they cannot continue to, to cycle those back out into into the into the uh, economy that's not the case with bitcoin there is a an exact amount of how many bitcoin can be at its maximum Created and that's it. Correct. And I think a lot of people don't understand that there, there cannot be more than than and I don't know what it's. A, I can't remember what it was. Eleven million or something. Like that. Dan can look this up as we're doing this. Anyways, so so that's the first thing that people I think confuse. The second one is to your point, people can lose them. What does that mean? Well, what that means is when it comes to a a storing of Bitcoin, for example. Uh, you know, if you forget a password to your wallet, if you forget how to access your account, it's not as though you can simply call the, you know, the, the Bitcoin 1-800 number to reset your password. That's not a thing. So if you, if you lose track of how to access your Bitcoin, those, the, you know, what you owned, that's, that is gone. That, that you, you're not getting that back. The answer is 21 million. 21 million. Okay. So I think that's, those two concepts are, are, I think, help to frame the conversation because I don't think a lot of people understand those two things. And, and that's pretty important to understand those concepts if you're going to understand even to kind of a basic, you have a basic understanding of, of how crypto works. Um, what's funny to me, going on to the other point, um, about the cryptos that, that have decided to kind of tie themselves to the value of the dollar is for a long time within the crypto world, like the, the, the popular... Um, stance was basically kind of almost anti-establishment we don't want to have anything to do with the, with the current banking system we want our own thing and funny how now they're pegging off the dollar it's funny how they've just kind of almost come full circle to go oh wait a minute 
maybe pegging off of an established currency is a good idea as opposed to purely being, you know, having the value driven by the, you know, which way the wind blows one day. Right. That's exactly right. Which is interesting to me. It's kind of a funny, like that they've, they've gravitated back toward the establishment as much as they want it to be anti-establishment. Well, and we're seeing that with the, um, the regulatory structure and how things have, have started to evolve. And so some of these crypto exchanges and things like that are actually calling for more regulation uh, because of what has occurred in crypto winter. And that's to my, my second big thing that's going on here. There is a insurance that sits behind most brokerage houses. So like with TD Ameritrade and Schwab and us and interactive brokers, many of the custodians that we use and many of the custodians that everybody uses, you know, Fidelity, et cetera, they have what's called SIPC insurance. And that basically means that if your uh, brokerage house goes out of business, you are going to be made whole uh, basically by this SIPC said, okay, your positions are safe. This exchange might not be safe, but your positions are safe. Right. And, and the, the value of your shares are not protected, but the number of shares that you have within whatever you own is protected. Correct. If you had 100 shares of Apple right. on your exchange, you still have 100 shares of Apple. Right. You might have to transfer the funds over, and there might be a process for getting those right. over. It, it might be a total pain. However, and we've seen brokerage houses go right. under, um, it's an orderly sort of exchange. You know, we're, we're able to actually keep the value and you don't lose your value. Well, guess what? One of the main exchanges, Voyager, which in all disclosure, I have money at Voyager. It went out of, out of business. They had a, essentially a crypto company, kind of a hedge fund, had a bunch of uh, cryptocurrency and it went out of business and it impacted Voyager as an exchange enough that they filed for bankruptcy and there is no insurance behind these cryptocurrency brokerage houses. So it's a huge issue because now there's no investor protection on there and it's going through bankruptcy procedures. And even though I own a number of cryptocurrencies, including this, this US dollar backed US, USDC, I own also um, you know, some other coins on there. And it may be that the value to that is going to be a fraction or zero, even though I hold them. So it's as if I had 100 shares of Apple and all of a sudden my exchange goes under. And guess what? You don't have 100 shares of Apple anymore. I'm like, well, I bought those, though. And there is no investor protection there. And so I think a lot of people, I've read stories, it's awful, about losing their entire savings, thinking that this was something that was actually safe and protected. And that was not the case. Now, I, I knew that it wasn't protected, but... I mean, that it still stings. I mean, I have a, at least enough amount of money where you're like, oh, man, this, this sucks. So we'll see what happens in the bankruptcy proceedings. But this is not the only exchange that's gone under. And I think that that has rocked everybody at their core saying, well, if we can't, like, what's the incentive as an investor to go on these exchanges if these exchanges are not protected at all? And so I think we're going to see in the future some regulation and the government help out a little bit in being able to give some guardrails in there and perhaps its own style of SIPC insurance will emerge out of that, which will be positive from an investor, you know, investor perspective. But um, we need more investor protection in the cryptocurrency world. Right, because to be clear, you, the, the coins that you owned on that exchange, the coins themselves did not file bankruptcy. Still going. Still going. I mean, terrible, but still going. Still going. Yes. But you lost those coins because where you held them at this exchange filed for bankruptcy, therefore those coins are gone. Potentially. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're I mean, exploring we'll, a we'll sale see. of we'll Voyager. See, right, they're exploring right. a sale. They have bankruptcy protection, right. but I mean, I, I'm fully expecting to get right. a fraction of what those are worth. If any. If any. Yeah. Well, that's I, Clint's crypto winter right there. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that there's so many analogies that you could, you could draw to, to the crypto world just in general, right? I mean, you look back to when we first figured out how to fly airplanes, right? And how many of them unfortunately fell out of the sky and blew up, right? Or, you know, when you look at the, you know, when, when computers really started to take hold and how many computer companies failed and it, it just, it, it seemed like a, a, it seems like when these things kind of happen within our society, it's, it's just, it's a long and painful process for them to find a footing. And then when they find that footing, they seem to be able to kind of then kind of solve some of their problems and, and evolve beyond that. It, to me, that's what crypto feels like right now is it just feels like the early advent of, of a, the next, maybe not the next big thing, right. But, but a next big thing. Um, and, and it's just trying to find its footing right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going through its creative destruction. I would right. completely agree with you right now and seeing what is going to shake out. I do think that a lot of these smaller coins, uh, these altcoins, as you were, perhaps they make it, perhaps they don't. They're down even more, which would make a lot of sense. It's almost like a smaller market cap stock. A lot right. of these coins may not be around. Maybe you find the, the right one that becomes ubiquitous. Good for you. It's the small cap that is the 10x or 100x right. winner that you get. But some of the old Gs out there, the Ethereum, Bitcoin, et cetera, still have growing pains that are going on. There's a bunch of different stuff going on in with Ethereum. And so you're going to see an evolution in a lot of these different things. And we'll see whether five years from now it will be significantly, you know, people will be significantly better off, both from a valuation standpoint or a usage standpoint or both. Or stability. Or stability. Right. I do think these things are going to work their way out. I do think we're still going to be talking about cryptocurrency five years from now. I don't know in what form though. Right. And I don't know whether or not it's a great asset class to be in or not. I really don't. I'm going to hold some cryptocurrency right now. My conflict as an investor though, is this, if a lot of stocks are down 40, 50, 60% from their all time highs and my Bitcoin or any other Bitcoin, you know, kind of Bitcoin lights out there, are down 50, 60, 70%. Am I better served in something that I think has a tangible value? Every business has a tangible value to it. And as long as it's a going concern, and as long as they're making widgets or offering services, et cetera, there is some intellectual capital in there and there's a tangible good or service in there. With cryptocurrency right now, I can't say that that is the case. So when we're trading off these certain things, are you better off in one or the other? And that to me as an investor, I'm struggling with right now. Right. And, and, and I don't know, I'm, right now I'm holding my crypto, but I have thought, should I sell the rest of my crypto and, and just put it back into stocks that have been, been killed during this downturn? And I, I maybe I've done a little bit of both. I think I bought some of the fallen angels that I like to call them. I bought some of those with some additional cash. I'm not investing a lot in cryptocurrency right now. I'm not allocating a lot to them. So, you know, I think a lot of investors are going through the same thing, though, and, and they're going through the, the cost benefit of that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, and uh, you know, three names that, that you know, if we just want to kind of draw, again, a, a comparison, right? So 
you know, Dell, HP, and Compaq, right? Back in the day, those were all three solid names. Yeah. Well, okay, things have changed, right? And so it's, I think it's hard too when you when you only have the perspective of the day and, and it's, you know, obviously, you know, being able to look backwards at something makes the view of it significantly more clear than when you're in, in the middle of it. And I think that that's the hard part with Bitcoin right now is you're just, you're not sure which of these is ultimately going to be the bellwether 10 years from now, right? I mean, I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact too, to draw another comparison. I mean, if you want, if, if you're, if you're old enough to remember, then you're our age. But if you're not, go back and look at how Apple was looked at in the eighties, right? I mean, Apple was not the giant that it is today back, you know, in its earlier days. They had some huge misses too. Huge misses. Think about the Newton. I mean, there was there was or the poor man palm poor man's palm pilot, which I also found my palm pilot box the other day in there. I used to use a palm pilot. Right. I mean, look at all of these things that were Far the thing, right? And and so just because something is, is, you know, top of the heap today doesn't mean it always was there or always will be there. And so I think you even look at it something a bit like Bitcoin, right? And everybody, if you ask people on the street right now and said what, what crypto is going to be leading the charge 10 years from now, everybody would say Bitcoin. It's not necessarily the case, right? We don't know that. And, and so there could be the third or fourth crypto on the list that ends up being the one that is the crypto that that kind of charts the new future. I think that's so hard about it. The best of it was Dogecoin. <laughs> You've always liked Dogecoin. You've uh, always, I, you I have. I have soft spot in your heart for Dogecoin. I mean, You're I welcome. Yeah, that, that Dan Wait, Dan that, was the that first was one to mention. Oh wow! Dogecoin. He said his like his roommate or something mentioned. You know, they were all buying a bunch of Dogecoin, so I bought some of it, and that was one of the few that I actually made a little bit of money on. And uh, then I plowed more money into it, and then it's just been a total. <laughs> Money suck. Thanks, so, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Again, kind of in a roundabout way. It's like when I had a meeting with a, another advisor and uh, she talked to me about options and I started trading options and I was doing great for a while <laughs> until I wasn't. And then, uh, so learn some, learn some valuable options lessons. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, all of our clients can thank me for sure. not involving them in my options journey. Yes. Which yeah. was costly and uh, eye-opening. You learned something. I learned a lot. You learned something real quick. I learned a lot. Yeah. And not and saying I won't trade options in the future, but I'm right. saying that there are definitely some things that I, um, you know, as an investor myself, learned a lot about the way that they all work because I, I've just been an equity guy, you know, right. just buy the stocks, buy the ETFs. Um, not a big mutual fund guy, but I've, I've, you know, bought those two in the past. But I mean, all those, you know, those are, those are a little easier to deal with, but uh, trading, Options a bit more complex, but uh, a necessary education. Well, and I think that's a good cautionary tale for for people, and I think that that's um, definitely something that people should take away f- from the podcast today. I hope, anyways, is that you know, there's nothing wrong with kind of dabbling in some of these things, but just understand that there is you you are you are in a lot of cases significantly more exposed to risk and loss dealing with some of these things that maybe you're not as familiar with than you are kind of more of the fastball down the middle, right? Stock bond equity, or excuse me, um, stock or, or bond indexes. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why, you know, 401k plans, for example, you, they don't allow you to buy individual stocks, right? Because so some of these things have kind of almost inherent guardrails built into them 
where other things, you know, the guardrails much <laughs> might be you know significantly wider, and you could you, you you could cause more harm to yourself than than you might realize. So the cautionary tale is if you're going to go down this path, just understand that you know buying a a uh, cryptocurrency is is not equal to buying a share of an S&P 500 index fund, even though both can lose value. Uh, those don't both cut the same way, I think would be my message. Yeah, I mean, 100%, that is the right message. When you enter an unregulated right. sort of environment, right. it can work against you. Your exchange can go out of business. Your stablecoin can no longer be stable. All these things can happen inside of something that is so wild west. Well, now, I, I begrudgingly started watching Yellowstone because I'm tired of hearing people talk about it and I haven't participated. In a weird way, it kind of almost feels like the cryptocurrency world. I think that's a, a valid look at that, for sure. A lot like Yellowstone. They There's make some regulation. Rules. There's some laws. But boy, it seems like hmm, huh, not all of those get enforced. Yeah, and different laws in different areas, too. Right. You know, along with the um, Native American uh, laws as well that they're working, there's a just juxtaposition between the yep. U.S. laws right. Right. and the indigenous laws on their lands. And so it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, and I think that that's understanding the fact that, and that's uh, a great point that you brought up, and, and, and I, I will say thank you for sharing the, the fact that, you know, that you are on the exchange at One Out of Business because that's, I think that's a, 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 a very good thing for people to understand that even people that do this job for a living, it, it, it does not mean that we are, that, that we have, you know, uh, behind the scenes knowledge of how some of this stuff, I mean, we can get burned just as much as, as anybody else in whatever it is, understanding the risks and you understood the risks. So I, that it's not as though you didn't know what you were doing. Um, but again, unregulated means unregulated that, that's that's not uh, uh just a cute turn of phrase that's what that means you don't have the protections that you have in other places i was surprised to hear my cryptocurrency exchange go out of business that's for sure i sure. did not that was not on my radar screen sure you know even when they said oh this this failed and then they suspended withdrawals and i'm like okay and then all of a sudden yeah they said oh we're going bankruptcy filing for bankruptcy and you're like oh boy that's not good yeah the speed at which these things can happen in this industry can really take people by surprise um and again i go back to another example right i mean 2006 uh did anybody on the planet think bear stearns was going out of business one wouldn't have thought no three years no, later layman brothers bear stearns all gone. those big names all gone. of a sudden i mean these things can happen and so i think it's just understanding that if you get into certain areas that have a wider breadth of of uh, uh, you know of a playground, if you will, you can get hurt on that playground, and and, and you just have to be careful. Well, so sometimes you just got to wear your ski goggles and throw your hat on and enjoy your crypto winter. It's the winter. It's the crypto winter. Winter is coming. Hopefully, for all the other cryptocurrency people, it doesn't stay around too long, and it starts shining again, and it starts warming up a bit. Maybe maybe we'll see better things in crypto, and we'll be talking about. You know, Bitcoin, hundred thousand soon. Who knows? And as a as a tease for those watching, maybe you'll get to see us wear bathing suits in January. Mm. You never know. You never know. So compliance. Why you a, There's some. There's got to be some compliance there. Clearly. Why you have to uh, make sure you tune in, tune in to uh, give me some truth because you never know what's going to happen. I'll, I'll wear a rash guard, maybe. Okay. 
Thank you for joining us today. We uh, look forward to speaking with you again on our next episode of Give Me Some Truth. Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Registration with the SEC does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercondon.com.